So one of the reasons why I love this trip to Fatima that I just got back from and why I keep going back. I mean, this is my fifth time since 2018, and if you didn't get to go with me this time, don't worry. I'm committed to going every year. And the reason for that, unlike places like the Holy Land or Rome or something like that, is the fact of getting over there. There's all these wonderful people who are living the message of Fatima and these awesome religious orders and just these great folks, and it's gotten to the point that I feel like I'm going to visit family, and I love bringing other people to get to meet family too. We've had some of them here, like the Sisters of the Alianza de Santa Maria, they're fantastic, Uh, these different Carmelite sisters who are cloistered, and this other group that this time we got to spend like a good solid hour with, the Dominicans of the Perpetual Rosary. It was uh, an order established by Pope Pius XII because he wanted a rosary being prayed all the time in Fatima for the whole world. And it's the one English-speaking community there in Fatima, Portugal. In fact, there for a while they called them the Irish Dominicans. But unfortunately, they're not quite perpetual anymore. Like a lot of orders, they don't have the numbers that they once did. So now, instead of it being the perpetual rosary, it's from about 5 a.m., until 10 p.m., one of them is perpetually praying the rosary in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So these sisters are with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament for hours every day, praying the rosary all the time. And our group got to spend about an hour with two of them, Sister Jacinta and Mother Lucy. And they had so many beautiful things to say. And I think out of this group of 46 of us, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house by the end. And there were two things that Mother Lucy said that really struck me and affected me for the homily this morning. And one was this. She was quoting St. Augustine, but I'd never heard this before, but it makes a lot of sense, is that the priest, when he's getting ready for preaching, you know, especially on Sunday, obviously has to spend time praying with the readings and, and being with them and asking our Lord for help. But she said this too, and it's a principle I feel like I've been trying to live by, but it was nice to hear it put. She said not only does he have to pray over the scriptures, he has to pray over the people that he's going to be preaching to. What are their needs? What do they need to hear? What's going on right now? And in hearing that and reflecting on that, it made me kind of do a little bit of a pivot for this Sunday. Because I don't know if you remember, and I don't pretend that you remember all of my homilies, but two weeks ago, I promised this week to preach on fasting, which I know everybody was so excited to hear about. Um, But instead of that, the line that really jumped out at me this Sunday that I thought, we better dig into this a little bit more, is the opening line from our second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. I should like for you to be free of anxieties. And you think about that, I mean, it's an easy line to just sort of run right past, right? But I should like for you to be free of anxieties. I mean, really? Like, I I could take St. Paul's words and make them my own. That's what I should like for you as well. But on a certain level, it's like, yeah, thanks a lot, Father. How does that happen? You know, I mean, just, hey, everybody, don't worry, be happy. Thanks, Bobby McFerrin. Praise be Jesus Christ. We'll all sit down. That's not the way it works, right? And actually, I hope you were paying attention as we read through the rest of the reading. What does St. Paul recommend for you to be free of anxieties? Did you catch this? Celibacy. So, 
uh, the one in the room that should be free from anxieties, yo, uh, me, right here in the front. Um, but what I would say is, I mean, why is that? Well, an unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world and how he may please his wife, and he is divided. Nevertheless, you know, we all had the opportunity to be focused on the one, the things of the Lord, and how we can get out of that anxiety. I mean, look at our Lord in the gospel today. He's entering into the synagogue where he teaches. And notice, we don't get any of the words of his teaching. It just says that he did it. He entered in and taught. And they were amazed because he taught with authority. And that word, you know, it's the same word for like author or creator. Like he is able to come in and give them what the meaning of things are. And it's powerful because it's reality. And he wants that for all of us too. And then look what he does. The same authority as the devil comes at him. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? And he silences that demon and he sends him out. And we're all called to be with him as well. To push away the lies of the devil. The one who makes us think that God has come to destroy us. Not to make us happy, to make us worry, to make us afraid. And he wants anything but that, right? And so yes, there are some of us set aside that need to be in prayer all the time. Like those wonderful Irish Dominicans that are right now in front of the Blessed Sacrament praying the rosary and can give us wisdom. Why? Because they've taken the time to focus on him and to remind us that we need to do the same. The other thing that Mother Lucy said that was so powerful was she said that we have to be able to drive out that fear, to rely on our Lord to get rid of those anxieties. And she said, you know what happens when we become afraid, right? What does it keep us from doing? And everybody had their different answers, like, oh, it keeps us from faith. It keeps us from this. And she's like, no, no, no. It keeps us from loving When you're afraid, you don't want to reach out. You don't want to like go out of your comfort zone. You go into self-protection mode. But when you've driven out anxiety, when you know that the author of our salvation is in our midst, you're a lot more likely to go out of yourself, to push that darkness of fear aside and to bring that light into a darkened world. So how do we go about doing that? We've got to make sure that we're inviting him into everything, whether we are celibate, whether we're married, wherever we are. And I would just say, you know, this week, as you may have noticed, coming in, the the greeters today got a little bit cuter. No offense, Bob and Bill, but they were beautiful, right? I mean, as you have little Lupita and Case in there at the front, he can't help but be happy. It's Catholic Schools Week. We got John Carlos doing the reading. And just wait, the collection today, I bet it goes up because they're going to be cuter. Once again, guys, no offense. You know, it's wonderful to have them. And what is the point of a Catholic school? It's making sure that in the midst of education, we realize what it's ultimately for, focusing on heaven wanting them to be free of anxieties. Of course, education, we want to get ahead. We want a good job. We want to support our family. But even more than that, I don't want to just hand on to the little guys, you know, means to get more power, pleasure, you know, success, fame, all this. No, what's it about? Ultimately being free of anxieties. And how does that happen? Knowing the love of Christ is in the midst of everything. 
And so we strive to do that with prayer at the beginning of everything, with the Angelus in the middle of the day, with Mass together once a week. Do we do it perfectly? Of course not. We're fallen individuals. These things happen, and yet we're trying to have this environment where Christ is clearly at the heart of everything. And we should be trying to do that all over the place in everything that we do. Because the more we do that, the more we push the fear that the devil tries to sow in our lives away, the more that we're free of anxiety, the more free we are to love. And just to give an example of that, there's a a Catholic school student that I'm very proud of. She's not a student here at Sacred Heart. She's a sixth grader at my alma mater, St. Vincent de Paul in Peoria, Illinois. And that is my niece, Daisy. So we were at lunch, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was just this past summer. She was down to visit my folks by herself, and after all the masses, I went down to my parents, picked her up, and just the two of us went out for lunch. And we're sitting at this taco place, right? And like three tables away, this lady is very clearly crying, which is, you know, we're tacos. Like, how can you cry over tacos? So it must have been really bad. So she's not happy, and honestly, and I'm embarrassed to tell you this was my thought, I can't go up to this lady. It's just like this random middle-aged lady by herself. She's going to be like, who's this weirdo approaching my table? You know, I'm not just saying like, I can't do it. Daisy, however, says, Uncle Johnny, I think that lady's upset. I'm like, I think so too. She goes, can I go see if she's okay? I'm like, go for it, buddy. So she goes over and like puts her hand on the lady's shoulder and she's like, are you okay? And the lady kind of sobbed a little bit. My, my niece goes, do you want a hug? And the lady said, yes, she gave her a hug. It was lovely. You know, I don't know what happened to Betty Boohoo after that. Like, I hope she had a better day. But the fact of the matter is, my niece, who, you know, is striving to live a life, going to Mass every Sunday, keeping the prayers going, going to Catholic school, striving to do these things, fear is put on the side, and she's able to go out of herself to bring that charity into the world. My friends, Christ is in our midst He is risen from the dead. He does have authority to drive out darkness and the devil, to bring that light in. And of course, the devil's going to fight as all he can, as long as he can, but his time is limited. Our Lord is here. And so what do we ultimately need? I should like for you to be free of all anxieties. And how do we do that? By inviting him in to everything. Don't wait until next Sunday to think of him once again. Invite him into every moment of your day. Lord, I'm nervous about this. I'm uncomfortable about this. I don't know what's coming next, but I know that you have the authority to bring your light into the darkness, to scatter away these anxieties, to remind me that I don't have anything to be afraid of. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and try to not be afraid to do one final thing because I feel like it's appropriate here at Sacred Heart on Catholic Schools Week. So, If you ever come to all-school Mass, nine times out of ten, I reference one of my all-time favorite saints who reminded us of something in his first words as the Holy Father, which basically goes in line with everything I'm saying today. And all of you students from Sacred Heart, Victoria right here in the front, there's Kaysen, I see some of you others as well, there's something that I ask you at just about every Mass, and if you know what I'm going to say, everybody else yell it too. Jonathan in the back, you better do it too, buddy. All right. So every time we think about this, there's someone who wants us to go out in the world and bring that charity, and he reminded us in his first words as the Holy Father, his name was Pope John Paul II, and there was something that he reminded us of. What was that? One, two, three. Okay, that wasn't bad. It was better than last night. Last night was pathetic, all right? We got to do this one more time. 
What did St. John Paul II remind us of? One, two, three. Praise be Jesus Christ.